This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Everybody, welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Josh Brown. Hello, Scott Tilford. And Michael Games Hamlet. Hiya, Scott. Thanks Hi. for Hi. I like watching you just start this podcast like this by <laughs> you. That was a, we were just talking and he just started, didn't he? It's magical, man, isn't that it? I think this is the something. only podcast that has an actual introduction. If it's the wind-up of me and Josh, we I just hit the record button and we just go into it. Or I ask him something about Sonic and same with Josh. Scott hey, Tilford Jules. is the only person I know in this world who is the exact same off mic as he is on. And I mean <laughs> that as a genuine compliment. Like, I couldn't do it. I don't have that level of wit, skill, or intelligence Aww. to be like this all the time, Scott, and I'm in awe of you every day. That's very, very nice. That's one of the nicest things you've ever said. When I tell you that I preferred Gotham Knights to God of War, you might not like that. Well, just wait until this podcast <laughs> stops and I'll have we'll some nasty have things to say to balance the skills. Thankfully, there's a table between me and you, but for <laughs> now, we'll talk about wrestling stuff uh, because we got Michael Games Hamlet on last week and we didn't talk about wrestling stuff. We talked about everything else. We talked about game, gaming as a dad or getting your kids into gaming and everything else, um, but we didn't talk about the history of wrestling games. Now, I feel like this is one of the most popular genres in gaming. I feel like everybody either has their favorite franchises over the years. I feel like everybody either played a SmackDown game or has played it at one of their friends' houses or whatever. And I just want to talk about those things. And also, um, Hamlet, you mentioned the idea of the perfect wrestling game that doesn't exist. The fact that no one's really got it right. Yeah. And we'll get to that in time. Um, and then we'll maybe talk about the AEW game if we've got time as well. Um, so yeah, earliest wrestling game memories. Which What game got you guys in? What was your first wrestling game? It won't surprise you not played them all. <laughs> like, even when I didn't own the console in question, a friend did, and nice. that was, like their house would often exist because nobody else had that console. I'm thinking of, for example, the Sega Saturn or the GameCube. Right, right. Like, very few people had those ones, but mm-hmm. if there was a wrestling game for it, everybody piled around to play that game. Yeah, if like especially if like wrestling was hot, which at various periods in life it was. Mm-hmm. My introduction to wrestling games was at home. Or for it was Super WrestleMania, I think, Ooh. for the Mega Drive at home and WrestleFest in the arcade. Oh thing. god, they're names I've not heard in quite some time. Thirty P a play. Uh-huh. Um so <laughs> I grew up I grew up in um just outside of Scarborough, mm-hmm. and the arcade next to where I eventually had my first part time job selling waffles and donuts on the seafront. Love this. That's had, so cool. Had WrestleFest in it. And it was 30p a game, mm-hmm. and it was just a case of playing as a tag team and trying to get through the story mode and loading that thing. <laughs> like every cliched arcade story you can imagine where you just keep filling it yeah, and yeah. feeding it and feeding it just to try and beat the Legion of Doom at the end. Um, 
like not a penny wasted. Mm. Genuinely, like every memory is a happy one, even when the match went wrong or whatever. <laughs> um, and yeah, uh, Super WrestleMania for the Mega Drive and King of the Ring for the Game Boy oh, were the dude. two that the two that really stick out. Uh, and I got, I didn't have it. It wouldn't have been a PC. Somebody I knew mm. had a. I think it might have been a Commodore. Okay, Ooh, and from a car boot sale, right. I bought. Um, I think it was made by. I don't even mean acclaim. Might be acclaim. Anyway, like mm. somebody I bought from a car boot sale, I think it was called like European Rampage because I had Hogan on the cover and I didn't even have the Commodore, right. but I knew someone that did. Yeah. So I bought the game for like a quid and it was around their house. And I was like, this is what we're doing today. I've got I've got this. So oh, like, do you want it technically? I mean, basically, so I can play it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone had that, friend. They've got the consoles. Little yeah. dick that I was. Like, just uh, I want to play this. So you got to find a way. So many early memories are of people that I know coming around with a wrestling game and saying, mm. this is what we're doing. And yeah. You know what? They were right because that's <laughs> what we were doing. Super quickly, aren't they? They are maybe the mecca of local co-op. I mean, you've got like split screen shooters, you've got your Golden Eyes, you've got your Halos, whatever. But like, there's something about same screen wrestling matches, all between your friends, all on the same couch, all in the same room, um, and a match goes on for like half an hour because everyone kicks out of everything <laughs> for that long. That's it, man. Some people have Golden Eyes, some people have Halo, some people probably have FIFA or Madden. To me, that communal experience mm. was always wrestling games. It yeah. was me, my brother, and my cousin, who were well into wrestling at the time as well, just, you know, also enjoying this video game version and the fact that the games were actually really good and mm. at the time, they felt like authentic recreations of what you liked on mm. telly. Uh, they were great for that kind of multiplayer experience. What was now. your first wrestling game? Well, I was trying to figure it out because mm -hmm. the first one that I played was one that I thought sucked and okay. I think it might have been a really old WWF Raw game. Right. However, the first one that I really liked were the first two WWF SmackDown games. Yes. I think it was still so F was it, at that so point. So it was Raw and Raw 2 on the Xbox, and they were both bad. I think God, uh, they yeah. sucked, but SmackDown 2, was it Know Your Raw? Yeah, no, that was the first one that I loved because that just felt uh, like what wrestling was to me at the time. Like, it didn't mm. feel old, and it felt modern. It felt mm. fresh. It felt like the roster was the roster that I wanted, um, and I just thought thought it was a great recreation of it. I completely forgot that, because back in the day when I was a kid, I used to watch WWF, and it was like, you know, obviously that whole sort of boom towards the late 90s, and I wanted to go buy a wrestling game, and I remember going to whatever store it was, and they didn't have SmackDown in, um, and they did have WCW Backstage Assault, which yeah. young me didn't know the difference. Do you know I this was, one, Josh? No, I don't, oh, no. a great twist coming with Backstage Assault. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, there's a twist coming here. So I remember, like, back then, I just picked up WCW Backstage Assault, thinking, well, it can't be that different, not knowing there was multiple wrestling companies and the roster and everything else, and then getting back and then yeah, playing as Goldberg and like Chili Willy or the hell they were called. Yeah. Some random dude. I made that up, but I think that is a person. That was a person. That was a person. Yeah. And um, yeah, playing that. And then yeah, all the backstage stuff, all the uh, weapon attacks that you could do. And then just, that was my first experience with wrestling games. And it was uh, like, There's no yeah. ring. No. <laughs> they, looked, backstage. All backstage. they looked backstage <laughs> mode so much that every match was in a different backstage area. Yeah. No I'd ring, have been. No like the king of the hardcore era. Gutted. I'd have been <laughs> absolutely gutted getting that. I think also shout out to uh, ECW Hardcore Revolution. That was another one of my super yeah. early ones. Um, because that was the whole thing back then was, you know, what are the new mechanics that each game has? And it was like, and back then, obviously, like there were the extreme match stuff and all the, um, the attitude era stuff and all the, you know, we're stacking these tables if you're watching ECW or we're doing these barbed wire matches or we're doing these 
various things, TLC things, uh, tables, dollars, and chairs things that you just wanted to do in the games. And I remember every single game, every single year, you would get one and put someone on a table and see how it broke. Mm-hmm. And it was always that V shape for the longest time. Yeah. However, in ECW Hardcore Revolution, uh, you pick people up and even throw them out the ring and through a table. And the table would just like squish. And it was better <laughs> than the V. And it was like, that's kind of cool. I could do that. But for the longest time, I feel like the thing that it was like so many things I was excited for in games was how much carnage can I replicate? That's exactly what I was looking for. Because when I was first getting into wrestling, we were talking about this before we started the podcast. <laughs> I had a few VHS tapes uh-huh. and one of them was a very old WWF, a TLC um, compendium, I suppose, yeah. mm-hmm. where it was a lot of like Edge and Christian, a lot of the Hardy Boys, a lot of the Dudley Brothers? Yeah, Brothers? Dudley Boys. Yeah. Dudley Boys, not Brothers. I'm picturing the exact tape right now. I know the exact tape. <laughs> <laughs> it was brown, wasn't it? That's the only thing my brain does. It's a brown tape. It's got Edge and Christian on the cover. Yeah, it says TLC. It's in like a yellowy sort of font. That exact yeah. one. So that's all I wanted from the games as well. And right. when you got that level of interactivity, uh, that's kind of when I realized that I was going to be obsessed with them for life. When it wasn't just about necessarily the technicalities of the wrestling itself inside the ring. It was about getting out. It was mm. about interacting with the referee. It was about getting things from under the mat. It was about putting people yeah. through tables. When you got that kind of level of um, whatever you want to do, you can probably do it. That's when I yeah. kind of was into it. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Honestly, like it's not just because I'm into wrestling and user into games that this is this perfect intersection of our hobbies. Mm-hmm. Vince McMahon, when he was marketing the WWE and trying to grow it, understood how important all of this stuff was. Right. So when you said back in the day there, Scott, I forget, <laughs> that, I forget that our days we go back slightly different to. Yeah, yeah. So I was going like a full decade back from the 90s, but the 99... 2000 boom. Yeah, because I blur a bit. I'm like, my, like, SmackDown was a massive deal, but that was like 98 or something. Yeah, so, like, yeah, so yeah. I came in at around 1990, which was like the first boom over here. Mm. But all I remember is having one or two tapes and an uncle that had Sky and having two action figures. It was Hogan and Warrior. Right, and right. Replicating stuff with two toys, you know? <laughs> and like, I know that that's like somebody talking about using a penny farthing now. <laughs> but the point remains the same is that, like, well, if they can watch a bit of it, great. If they can interact with it, even better, mm. because then that works both ways. And then theoretically, when they've interacted with it on the game, they'll want to watch a bit more of it mm-hmm. like on the television yeah. so when those Smackdown games which are all beloved up to a certain point as they yep. should be because yep. they're, all, they're all great games on their own Steam mm-hmm. but the first Smackdown game and the second one and maybe the third were still in that boom period that night is early 2000s boom period so oh yeah that's that perfect overlap where if you're not watching you're playing the game and if I you've know. never watched and you play the game you kind of want to go and watch afterwards well, because also, you think well what so that actually happens on the telly does it and I watched people that I would play with who would watch more wrestling as a result of playing Warzone and Attitude, the big ones on the PlayStation. Yeah. The buttons were a nightmare. <laughs> it was like up, down, triangle, pass the pad to your mom, uh, take her out to your mate's house, hit select with your toe. Pray to a god. And then and then you do a Stone Cold Stunner. Uh. But like, delivering it was amazing. And then it's like, is that Steve Austin? Yeah, I've heard about him. Austin 316, and then they'll watch it on the TV. So the two things like interacted perfectly with one another. I will just, just super quickly, if you permit me, it was the Pokemon. It was the Pokemon approach. It's that whole thing yeah. of like the anime and the and playing the games and everything goes alongside it. Because I think that first run, obviously when the PlayStation 2 was being demoed, which is still mind-blowing. A lot of the games, even if you look at Metal Gear Solid 2 now, still looks incredible. But yeah, that whole thing of SmackDown making the generational leap and just bring it coming out. Mm. And like what, and everything, there's the first screenshots from that. And like, oh my God, look at the new character yeah. models yeah. and all that kind of stuff. I think genuinely the games convinced me that wrestling was cool back in the day mm-hmm. because Ooh. those first wrestling games that I played, it was for what I perceived to be at the time, older, more outdated and more uncool roster members like yep. 
it, for me, it was like Hulk Hogan. It was like, uh-huh. um, what's that other guy who does the woos? I can't Rick, Rick Flair. Flair. You Rick Flair's. It was like stuff like that that I thought, even as a kid, felt a bit old hat. Felt like my dad was trying to make me like something. <laughs> he's putting the jam on. He's got Hulk Hogan on Does the that tips. Happens when we talk about wrestling in the office. A little bit, a little bit. I right. so when you got the games and they were focusing kind of on that like kind of later attitude era, putting people through tables and whatnot. Suddenly that clicked something in my much young, underdeveloped brain. <laughs> <laughs> that this was cool, this was modern, uh, this was not my dad's wrestling, this was something <laughs> completely different. Mm-hmm. And I think the games were instrumental in getting me to try the actual product on screen and getting well, me into those tapes as well. I don't know if you guys had the same thing in your friendship circles back then or in your schools back then, but when sm- the first SmackDown came out, that was like life-changing or, or age brackets defining because everyone was like, have you seen SmackDown? Have you, have you seen this game in motion? Um, just the, the sheer like speed that that game had. And I know that there was the likes of No Mercy beforehand, um, but obviously then 64 didn't sell as much as the PlayStation, whatever. But it was just like, that, that's the first SmackDown, I feel it was a real pivotal moment in, in wrestling game history. I had, uh, so my experience the first SmackDown was the best and worst of a situation that I think we were all familiar with at the time. I had a chipped, I mean, my friend had a chipped PlayStation. <laughs> and, uh, Everyone's friend had a chipped PlayStation. Yeah, and yeah. like my friend who had the chipped PlayStation, uh, his, his dad, around his birthday, uh, <laughs> thanks, Dad. Got me, my friend, uh, the green copy disc of SmackDown. Oh, no way. Uh, and it was like my friend was so chuffed to have it ahead of the UK release. Uh, the game played slightly differently, but because whoever had chipped it had done it slightly dodgily, like the longer you played it, the longer the loading screens were. <laughs> so it became this torturous experience That's where great. the first 20 minutes, half an hour were fantastic. Chris Jericho had a triple power bomb. Yes. That, yes. Wasn't, that wasn't on the European version of the game, right. which uh, my other friends had. But this friend that had the American one, <laughs> all his friends came around to his house initially <laughs> to play. And like, I'd never, be, I mean, my friend had never been more popular. <laughs> Did but they then put that it, back in? That tra- I remember him doing that really dragged out power bomb over and I over again. I think they added it back. Right. The longer the loading time went, like, my friends realised that their friend who had this was like kind of onto a bit of a loser here. Tortious. So I, ju- I just had to wait to get the proper one for my birthday. Um, <laughs> so that's my memory of SmackDown 1. Mm. Do you know the WCW games, right? Yeah. They, backstage Assault was preposterous. <clears throat> Mayhem, like, similar to it. Mm-hmm. The WCW versus the world, which was yep. in the mid-1990s, mm. was kind of a bit of a... Um, I'm speaking with no education on gaming. It's only right. from wrestling forums talking about games. Was a real... Um, like sort of a different, an innovator mm. in how it brought like wrestling to life f- from a 3D point of view. There was so many wrestling games, if you can picture like the arcade view, like the side-on view. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, like Super WrestleMania, WF Raw, WrestleMania, the arcade game. They're all just, you're looking at this wrestler from a side-on, fighting another guy, and there's no dimension to it whatsoever. Mm. The WCW ones were the first ones to do that. And then it wasn't really so like you had WCW and then the Attitude and Warzone games yep. with the acclaim. Nearly all the same devs. Hardcore Evolution, mm-hmm. identical, yeah. The, mm-hmm. like, uh, Anarchy Rules, the, mm-hmm. like all that run. It was only when SmackDown, I think, brought all of it together. So people really loved how No Mercy played. Oh, and yeah. How the WCW yeah. ones looked and how they sounded. Mm-hmm. People loved the. WWF more, I guess, so the roster was bigger. And then SmackDown felt like this coming together of all of those things. And as well, I mean, just because it was on PlayStation, like PlayStation had yeah. so much momentum. It was like, look at Crash Bandicoot, nothing looks this detailed, yeah. nothing looks yeah. this smooth. And it was like, this is the first wrestling game on PlayStation, oh my God. And like, yeah, just capitalizing on just how popular like WWF was back then, the transition to WWE. But the interesting thing is like, as like SmackDown would flesh itself out and you had like that insane run of like one, two, the, the know your role, just bring it, shut your mouth, uh, here comes the pain. And then it was oh like, <laughs> here comes the pain is always 
referred to as like the absolute king, oh, which it's still oh, I have that on my Steam Deck. Like it's perfect. Like it's a perfect. I can, I can feel Brock Lesnar running that follow through from his clothesline in my hands. Because right <laughs> the animation was so such a step perfect. up. Perfect. Oh yeah. my god. Honestly, man, I've, I've, I've mentioned it to you guys so many times, but I have a formative memory and it's one that I will never forget. It's being at my house playing at the SmackDown before that, which mm. was uh, uh, shut your mouth, shut, was shut your mouth, which. I really loved, but you know, it was getting to the point where I was watching Brock Lesnar on screen and mm. I was thinking, why, where, where is he in my game? And then my cousin came around the house with Here Comes the Pain in his hands. <laughs> Here comes in the, comes the pain. That visage of Brock in the front in the silhouette. I just thought, you have gifted me something I will never forget. <laughs> and I never have, because that game lived up to the promise of that incredible image on the front. I will say as well, because that game also had Goldberg. I was a Goldberg guy back then. So it was, I was oh, like... a long animation for the spear. Jesus yeah, but I love nice. that. It was oh, super cool. Yeah. But um, back then, though, that whole... Because the reason I think people love Here Comes the Pain is also the last time they had the standard control set. It didn't have the analog stick stuff that they brought in with SmackDown vs. Raw. As far as I know, I could be misremembering. That's so bang right, because I can't use analog sticks. To this day, I'm rubbish on analog well, I just, sticks. I remember, so bang right. Yeah. I, don't, I change them on football games. Right. I can't... Like, sticks and that is just there's too much movement. There's many be like I need, finesse, I need, to, but I need not... my choices to be mm-hmm. narrowed a little bit. Yeah. Like with a D-pad. Because I remember when uh, in all the magazine previews, you know, shout out to official PlayStation Mag, etc. that whole run up to um, the next game after Here Comes the Pain was like, oh, they're overhauling the grapple system and you'll still grab with um, Circle or whatever. But then you would, or maybe it was the stick from the beginning, but you would have more options. The way they were selling it was like, oh, you could rotate the stick to spin someone or whatever it is. And then in reality, it just wasn't, it didn't feel satisfying. I never thought the SmackDown versus Raw games were anywhere near the original run just because they changed the, the feel of it. It didn't land as much. Better story modes. Was Yo, better, yeah, way, way, way better customization. Yeah, you can the, run JR over all day long. There was a story, I think it was in SmackDown vs. Raw 2006, mm-hmm. maybe, or seven, uh, where like Vince McMahon and Ric Flair, whoever, like fought for control of the company. Mm-hmm. And it was like, there's, it was just better. It had better twists than what was happening on TV at the time. Right. And there was a little <laughs> thing within the forum communities where there's a certain point of the story. I can't even remember anymore what it was, but you're just playing it going, oh my God, as if you, as if you were watching the TV. It's like, Raw's terrible at the moment. At least the game's good. Mm. So the story's hugely developed. Yeah. Sm- original SmackDown season modes and the stories were terrible. Well, they always just random inserts. So here's yeah. Michael Cole again. He's just like interviewing oh, you for two minutes. The Undertaker and Eddie Guerrero watching a diva undress. This yeah. Weird, <laughs> but like... I think yeah. as well, just to, just to texture that part of, of time in wrestling history, uh, gaming wrestling history, it was like the competitors were there. It was like every uh, franchise per console. Like you mentioned Raw before. That was like Xbox throwing their hat in the ring. And I remember mm. one of my friends, um, his dad brought us a copy of Raw Home with a McDonald's. One of the friends' oh, yes. friends' yeah. parents bring some fast food. And it was fantastic. Um, yeah, playing Raw. And then GameCube had the WrestleMania games. Road and to it WrestleMania was like, and yeah. Day of Reckoning. was Day of Reckoning. One. Like Day of Reckoning was like the one that was played the graphics. Yeah. So, so many bad ones. Day and of Reckoning was, looked incredible. Yeah. Like, played like sludge. Exactly, yeah. and it was, but at the same time, it was just that general sort of like console war thing. It was like you guys have SmackDown, you guys have Raw, you guys have WrestleMania, um, and just like that, like that whole sort of rush to like dominate the market. And nearly all of them were like the same devs, mm-hmm. um, but still. And that's why SmackDown versus Raw felt <laughs> so big for me because it felt mm-hmm. like we were finally getting everything, or at least I felt like I was finally getting a complete package. Never mind when they started bringing you know ECW stuff in mm-hmm. later on. On top of that, it just felt like I was finally getting the complete thing. I wasn't looking at the Xbox and wondering, why do you have Rome? Why do I have SmackDown? Yeah. It finally felt like this has been the wrestling game that I was looking looking forward to for like the past few years. So for as much as I like those SmackDown games and probably nostalgia wins out on them, those first few SmackDown vs. Raw games, I thought were just 
perfect. Can I ask, is yes. it accepted within you far more knowledgeable gaming types? than Because <laughs> it certainly is within wrestling circles that from about, I don't know when it was, you'll know the point better than me. Maybe. But there was definitely a point where it just, every release started feeling like a rebadge. The changes were so... Because well, the titles just became SmackDown versus Raw and in the year that it was, yeah. it didn't have... So the, beca- the changes became so tacked on and almost non-existent yep. that they stopped, the game stopped being fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough to be a roster upgrade or whatever. But it became so apparent that the franchise had... As it always does, I'm not going to get another Marvel ramp on that random my only second <laughs> gaming podcast. But the franchise had swallowed everything else whole yeah. that the game stopped being fun because of that. Because that was certainly when I fell out of the release cycle as Same. well. Because the game stopped being fun to play. Because it's like, well, you haven't fixed the things that I found quite boring on the last one. I think they kind of struggled with because it was like I said, it was the same dev and a lot of crossover in development staff or some certain teams doing franchises for different consoles. But then when it was still annual releases for SmackDown versus Raw and the change in the generation, like the PlayStation Three came in, the Xbox Three Sixty came in, development like literal developing games became harder more multifaceted mm. whatever um, that annual turnaround just got harder and so they were reusing the same animations and the same engines um, but it was just harder to keep quality or to innovate or whatever which is always the thing that eventually became the case with the 2K games Ugh. and they eventually took a year off because it just they finally 2K hit the limit was yeah. the, like cyberpunk scale disaster. yeah just, there's like, just the yeah, breaking the, point the game existed to be memed mm-hmm. like you would find a botch and then it would go online and that, oh, would, yeah. be, that would be the fun in it that I mean, initial never, like release weekend was hilarious it was. I, I don't know again I've got no context this. I've got a wrestling context rather than a uh-huh. gaming one in terms of big major brands releasing games that's got to be an all time of worst hasn't it like I just oh, yeah. all the conversation was look how broken this game is yep. and I can't think of a, a Spider-Man a FIFA or anything with such brand recognition that's going to be bought by millions of people the world over being laughed at so no, I mean, there the, must uh, be examples, obviously, but I can't remember any. I, that's, I can't think of a Mario that went down as poorly no, on no. the next weekend or something. You know, like it was that. up there with stuff like Assassin's Creed Unity was very similar because right. that was a game that forced that franchise as well. That used to similarly come out annually. Mm-hmm. And then that had a similarly botched release where there was all these glitches. It was a laughing stock. And then the year after that, they still had one more game because that was in development at the same time. But after that, they just said, no, we, need us. we can't keep doing this. Yeah. That was so much of a disaster. We need to completely rethink this, similar to how WWE did. Definitely. But that was so big. And I think it's more indicative of how sports games especially are made now, where it's so reliant on the brand. It's so reliant on um, a familiar set of mechanics and characters mm-hmm. and monetizable aspects. It's like an extension of the marketing campaign. It's not an totally. individual Thing. Totally, and they're just not about pushing the medium forward anymore. Yeah. It's about being that kind of additive thing to the thing that you already like, and maybe that's a result of the tight turnaround because they need to be getting out mm. every single year. Or maybe Christmas? it's that's yeah, sort of oh yeah, yeah. Or maybe it's just because they don't have to care because the money keeps rolling in. I don't know, but I think like that whole thing across the late two thousands was just like you said, it was like it is part of the marketing. It's part of the overall. Just like you'll you'll get your wrestling game every year. And there was no competition for ages, and then like it, it took until the breaking point with two K for them to take a break. And then this year's WWE game is like fantastic, like the best yeah. it's been. Because I haven't fascinated bought... by this. I had no clue. Oh man, like I mean, they've not like. It hasn't cut through to wrestling fans this conversation right. about this game being as good as it is. Because I feel like a lot of people are just like, oh, it's t- you know, it's a two K wrestling game. It's yeah. just going to be the same old S over and over again. But because they had to care, they had to get it right. They took a year off and they changed the release date around. It came out in like March or May or something, rather yeah. than later in the year. And um, it gave the dev team more time. And like I said, they had to get it right because there was this whole thing around whether like you know WWE were fed up with the state of two K twenty and they were thinking about maybe giving the license to someone else, etc. And it felt like they needed to get this thing right. And for me, they absolutely did. Like they made it way more arcade. 
you. They make it so that you're not just having to worry about the simulation aspects of stuff. You can do like punch, kick, flurries and go straight into a grapple. They make it so that if you push a grapple button after like square, square, triangle or whatever it is, you'll go into an animation that goes into a grapple. It's just way faster. Um, And it's just all the signature stuff. They build in really cool um, momentum moves based on how the matches go and you can kind of pull a finisher out of nowhere. Um, You can also like bank um, the ability to kick out regardless of anything. So if you have that stored. Great. Yeah, like save that for like, and also there's a match rating thing. So it's like, if you're having this incredible match. That's as good as banking a finisher. Well, you banking, can be, yeah. banking a kick out is as good as banking exactly, and it's yeah. like, and, every, and there's a whole bunch of signature moves per person. So like, it depends what it is. Some of them they has the Hogan Flair style thing, and they just tank a few hits. They sort mm. of no sell, and they come back shaking, and then they can do like a flurry in return. Um, or you can just bank this kick out thing for the you know maybe you're already having a four five star match because it's tracking it in the corner. It's gone back and forward a few times, and then you go down for the count, and you would get, get you and you would get pinned in the older games. Then you bank that kick out, yeah. and you do, you make a point of doing it between two and three, so you get more audience points, and it's a bigger match. And it's like you're thinking. About about the audience you're thinking about the performance you're putting on you're thinking like a wrestler or whatever and i just i love that game i think it's really 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 well done and it's the best one they've done in like 15 years or something i mean i stopped buying them around about 2008 or whatever it was anyway um because i always the my love of wrestling games lasted longer than my love of wrestling back in the day because i always thought the mechanics that you still play them really really well um but yeah this year's wwe game is a really good game like regardless of that stuff the thing with that Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. 
And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. All right, is that everything you've just said there is so tantalizing. As someone who hasn't played a wrestling game since those um, late period mm. SmackDown versus Raw titles, who hasn't touched a 2K version of the franchise because of the reputation that, that eventually got. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say I only got it because of AEW. Because right. the customization stuff, I was like, I can just make this an AEW game. Well, so, yeah. Yeah. speaking of, right, I want an excuse to jump back into a game like <laughs> 2K22. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm never going to be able to justify spending full price on it or even £30 on it or probably even £20 on it because mm. I don't don't like wrestling that much. What if it's not good? What if I don't play it? The thing that I like that AEW has just announced is that that game is going <laughs> to Game Pass because instantly that was a game that I wouldn't have bought for full price because I'm, I'm not that into to work that wrestling. <laughs> that's, what, that's what we're doing that night. Oh, Precisely. I'm bringing the shopping offers and we're just making a night of it on AEW. Yeah, I was like, Michael, if you buy it, I suppose, <laughs> uh, I'll bring the beers, I guess. I'll come around. You can tell me what to do. But the fact that that's coming to Game Pass, if 2K22 came to Game Pass or PlayStation Plus or wherever, mm-hmm. I'd have played that immediately I'd have given it a chance and uh, what I'm going to ask you then do you think that's the way that these games could survive because we've been so burnt by annual releases is a game like this coming to Game Pass potentially going to get more people in and maybe build confidence hopefully that Mm. wrestling games generally shouldn't have this reputation tied to them shouldn't be looked through the lens of 2k22 that they could be something better and as impactful as they used to be i don't know because i think a lot well, of people like me are, are scared to jump in i think it's just i think it's an interesting thing because wrestling gameplay crosses over with 3d brawlers which you don't get anyway like 3d brawlers seldom exist 2d brawlers have had a massive resurgence recently like tmnt and mother russia bleeds and everything else but the 3d stuff it's like just get that that set of game mechanics in front of people and hopefully the aw game plays really well and it's just it's immediate like you'll immediately feel satisfied like who doesn't love doing big dumb slams and diving off a turnbuckle and whatever that stuff can be super immediate so i think that is banking on almost the wider genre pull because it's like there's a whole wing of gaming that just isn't catered to in regards to 3d brawlers you just don't get them anymore it's, when you say 3D brawlers, mm-hmm. just so I'm clear, is that any kind of combat? Because if you think Streets of Rage in 3D, like it's there's a handful of games like that, like Urban Rain, oh, and okay, um, right, like right. Tekken had the um, the Tekken Force mode that was like their turn on it, take well, on it. Because when you mentioned that, I was thinking of because again, it's, I'm just a wrestling fan, really. Mm-hmm. But when I first got the PlayStation Three, um, I got because I had it in HD as well. I got Fight Night Round Three. Nice. Oh, and nice. oh my god, I'm not a boxing guy, <laughs> but Jesus Christ! Like yes. the, the knockout animations, how it felt again when your boxer was knackered, but you had that one sweet punch. And you same for the early UFC releases. Mm-hmm. All of these predate me having kids. These like the <laughs> absolute tail end of me still being able to keep up with the cycle. Right, right. And I just when you mentioned 3D brawls, I just I was thinking there about well, what was making me dip my toe into sports I'm not interested in for games that I wouldn't normally get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's I suppose what they're aiming for. Well, with the CW1. I wonder what um, just for the the whole thing of like offering up this sort of like platter of titles to people, whether it's on PlayStation Plus or Game Pass, because you mentioned like, you know, if you had 2K22 on any of these, you would give it a shot. They have an older 2K on there. It's, like t- it's not 2K20, I think it's 2K19. I think it's the Steve Austin one. Um, Cause like they do a different campaign mode and I think it was Steve Austin's one. So you can jump into an old wrestling game, but it's not the good one. It's, it's fine, well, but it's not 2K22. The thing with me is right. And I was going to ask you about this earlier. So mm. thank you for giving me a segue into Easy. it. I don't care about these annualized games. 
past the year that they've been released in. Right. I'm not playing 2K19 because in my head, I have been <laughs> um, a kind of encouraged by the publishers of these games to view that as old and outdated. Right. And I think the fact that games like, you know, older FIFAs retail in secondhand shops for like 99 pence yeah. two years after they launch is indicative of how um, those annualized releases are just treated as disposable after a certain window. And it's it's a sickness. So we got I, FIFA at home and it's it, FIFA 90. <laughs> well, exactly that. I can't help but think that if I'm going to invest in one of these games, if I'm finally going to make my grand return to wrestling, games as well you should it's got to be the new hotness it's got to be reflective of what's going on now and it's got to be reflective of all the modern mechanics because to me i still hold on to the idea that sports games and wwe included uh to whether 2k whether smackdown versus raw whatever should be pushing the 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 genre forward should be pushing the medium forward you mentioned there hamphlet about fight night round three like when i first picked up i think it was round four was my first one that i got in on and I was looking at the graphics. I was looking at how impactful it felt, the carried customization options. It felt as opulent, and it felt like it had the production values of, like, a Sony first-party exclusive. <laughs> it felt like they weren't just resting on their laurels in yeah. a way that I think sports games are now. Like, I yeah. think FIFA, and yeah, it looks all right, but it doesn't look like it's pushing the boundaries are pushing technology forward in a way that the wrestling games used to, in a way that the fight nights well, like They were like chasing a certain bar or a certain, like either a replication of what you're watching on TV. That's an, that's an interesting thing with wrestling games specifically as well, or maybe just sports games in general, was we started with arcade stuff, arcade gameplay, snappy kind of feels to uh, the action or whatever it was. And then wrestling games in particular went down the simulation route and a lot of people like got sick of that stuff. And there was even that WWE game, um, was it All Stars? Was the yes. really over the top one? Loved it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that it. was like their return to like Def Jam style over-the-top yeah. combat, and it was great. And there was another one, um, I'm not going to remember the name of it, something like Legends of Wrestling. Legends of WrestleMania. Wrestle- was, okay. You had to replicate all the old WrestleMania moments. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was like Andre and Hogan and stuff. And it was like, they, they occasionally dipped their toes into the arcade stuff. I know Legends of WrestleMania is older, um, but WWE All-Stars came amongst the simulation push to mm-hmm. kind of just test the waters and see if people would respond to it. And they did it again a few years ago, that time when they missed the annual release and they put out like um, Battle yeah. Rounds. Um, where, Battlegrounds like, was just a bit nothing. You could fight in the jungle and you could throw yeah, back yeah. into a crocodile's mouth or something like <laughs> it that. It was yeah. like, because um, the 2Ks did it for the NBA games as well, NBA Playgrounds, which I really like, but that was their attempt to be like NBA Street. And it's like, oh, uh, Battlegrounds, Street. same. Uh, Battlegrounds was trying to be like the old arcade wrestling games. But the interesting thing overall is that the AEW game is directly trying to be like the 90s feel. Whereas, um, and so t- 2K22, like I said, they sped it up. They made it way faster. Um, but they kind of walk a line between the simulation stuff because you are putting a good match on. You're getting a match rating. So it's like that. It's like where do you draw the? Where do you try and walk that line? I like the arcade stuff personally. Well, this I'm gonna butcher the like articulate this. But <laughs> I've, I've explained this to you before a yes. lot, Scott. I all I want from a wrestling game, more than anything else, is basically impossible to create. We should mm. we should pivot into your because you've mentioned this to me and Josh before. The perfect wrestling game that doesn't exist. I, and I'm not sure I ever can. Like this is a this is me on my knees begging for developers <laughs> to make it. This is not somebody, I'm not coming on here and saying, right, this is what you should do to like find a way because I've never seen it done. And I'm not sure it can be. Okay. The problem with wrestling games is that ultimately it's the problem with where wrestling sits. So we've just talked about sports games and we've talked about action games and simulation and wrestling, unfortunately is all of those things. Yep. But as a game, it's none of them. Hmm. Wrestling, like any wrestling game is ultimately uh, a street fighter or a Tekken or mm-hmm. pick your, you know. Like a brawler thing. A brawler, beat him up, I forget which one it is. It's one of them Both. with wrestlers in mm-hmm. it. That's, that's what a wrestling game is. You are fighting to win. Mm-hmm. And when you were talking about 2K22, my face was kind of lighting up <laughs> because I was thinking, hang on, banking a kick out, 
because then you have the opportunity to be battered by the computer. The computer, something within that game's engine can just turn a dial, and all of a sudden the computer is decking you, but mm-hmm. you bank to finish it. But you, so, yeah, you know so that you, you can know take you're it not completely out of it. You're gonna keep at this, and if you kick out between two and three, your star rating is gonna yep. go. Up. That is the closest I think a game has ever come to answering my big problem, which is that I watch wrestling for the beat of the story and for the drama. Mm. And unfortunately, when you're playing against a computer or with your mates, you can't replicate the drama unless, like wrestling itself, you agree to create drama. (laughs) The only time we've ever sort of even approached it in wrestling games, and you'll have both had this situation where you're all around your friend's house, is on guest referee mode, where you (laughs) swear blind at the 10th time of asking, you're not going to turn on your friend. And you're not. You pick Shawn Michaels, and he's in his referee shirt, and this time, you're not going to see for kick the rock when he goes to people's elbow. <laughs> and you can do it anyway. Right? <laughs> You're going to do it anyway. Because it's just absolute patter, right? Tim was setting people up on tables and stuff. It was like, you need them for the spots. Yeah. yeah. That captures the drama of, oh no, you got me again. Because you've just you've just like screwed your friend. You've like stabbed And then you them fight in, harder to try and like overcome it. Stab yeah. them in the back, right? Mm-hmm. But again, like if if it's just a dominant, say I'm better than you, Josh, right? We're playing a wrestling game, there's loads better than you. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't replicate a squash in wrestling. Yeah. Because there's not that, oh my God, he's out there killing a guy. It's just this boring, oh yeah, I've got you. I'm going to work myself up and then I'm going to hit you with a finisher. There's no sort of, get the ambulance, he's dead. It's just, yes, I'm I'm a better player than you. Well, that's... Equally, if we're having a really even match, Mm -hmm. I've got to let you back into it. Say I'm the baby face and you're the heel. I've got to let you back into it so that I can then win it. You've got to let me back into it at a certain point. (laughs) Mm. It is so difficult to replicate the ebb and flow of a wrestling game without it just becoming a beat-em-up with wrestlers. Yeah. And... They've what definitely you tried. There, Scott is that's the closest I've ever heard it. Yeah, sound. they've they've de- like, you definitely feel like that when you're playing 2K22 because you do have match momentum. Like that star rating will go up and down depending mm. on how good how good quote unquote the match is and whether you're replicating moves and when you're doing doing big high flying spots or big power moves or whatever it is things that an audience would respond to in general. And you also have the signature moves, like I said, the, the kickouts or them like hulking up kind of thing or whatever it is. Um, but I feel like the way that you described it was like you'd have to play into um, acknowledging that it's fake stuff. Yeah. And you'd have to do because all those things whenever you're watching a wrestling match where you can see them talking to each other, you can mm-hmm. see them sort of planning the next thing. You'd have to replicate that, and you could only really do it online. Like if you were both playing and you go into a certain grapple, like some collar elbow type, whatever it is, where you both lean in and you could have a little thing come up on the side saying, "I've just pushed a button saying I want to do this," and you could choose whether to go for it or not. And then it's like you could it could lead into like working stiff or whatever. You could yep. do something where you don't let the person do it. And um, what you botch the move or something? You Maybe see they how get hard injured. This is to sell to kids. <laughs> like, yeah. It's so common. Like, I don't think kids watch wrestling anymore and assume it to be real. I remember right. being very young and straight away that bubble being burst and that not being the point. Oh and no, it's it's just when you realize I don't, I don't care. I yeah, the reason it. like I love like, it like is that it's it's acrobatic stage theater. Like if yeah. I was watching a stage play and they were fighting, I would still be like they're still picking each other up and doing these big moves. It's still perilous. It's still There's this a like common show. misapprehension that like wrestling fans don't know it's fake. The yeah. idea is not knowing it's not real. The idea is wanting to pretend it's not for the duration of the match. That's mm-hmm. all it ever really is. Mm-hmm. My kids ever watch it and they just see something like the first thing I'll say if they ask if they hit him free, I'll say, oh no, they're just pretending mm-hmm. to hit each other. Yeah. But it looked like it really hurt him, didn't it? So I'll just try and put across yeah. what they're trying to do. But that, then, yeah. from a game uh, that you're trying to market is... It's, it feels like an impossible job. I think you just, I think you have to lean in, like I said, to that side of it. And then like, maybe I choose to like, you maybe you choose to actually land a big hit in, which like gets like a, a certain sort of amount of momentum, a crowd thing, um, or, a, or a commentary pop or something. Like, oh my God, I just heard that from Is whatever. It's a function where you can create a wrestler or create a wrestler's career that mm. people can then download or buy for themselves online. Because the idea of making yourself a draw is interesting to me. I like, oh, like, like a Twitch streamer. You've like had so many great yeah. matches in a row 
and your character, like Scott Tilford, has this really cool gear, and, he, <laughs> and all of his matches are now hitting five stars. Right, that people want to download him themselves and play as Scott Tilford, and you've effectively made yourself a draw within the universe. Oh, I thought you meant like they were uh, affecting the storyline, like you become this draw in like whatever this game's universe is. I, mean, I suppose how wide can you open? The yeah, it's online, I guess. But something like that would be quite interesting because that replicates somebody becoming a star mm. and getting pushed. And but I feel like that's my overall thing with this is, and you'll know more about this, just in terms of like general wrestling discourse, is like how much each company wants to steer into it's a show, it's kayfabe, it's mm, whatever. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like even um, watching like press scrums, I love the fact that AW do press scrums. Yeah. And like, even then though, sometimes when different wrestlers go on the press scrum or when they go on that RJ City talking show yeah. thing, sometimes they're still in character and sometimes they are the real them. And I think even they don't necessarily know how they should be when wrestlers they're on camera that much. between tweets. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's so blurred now, so blurred. And it's like, like even that, it's like even the companies themselves, like, you know, they, they have to try and walk that line themselves. Yeah. So I think the biggest barrier to the suggestion that you've got is like the companies themselves or wrestling as a media going like like saying to the wider audience we know it's not actual fights but it's like i said it's like stage theater i would love to see that but i th- don't think it'll would ever sell because of the reason you said because of like the kids who are playing these games like i remember when i was a kid mm. and i would play wrestling with my friends you know in real life uh, doing <laughs> the moves and whatnot and it's like we knew the wrestling itself was fake you would set your spots up wouldn't you well like, I'm, I'm gonna go for that or would you not he's the thing right <laughs> because when i used to play it with like my brother and my cousin and whatnot like we would just try to beat the piss out of each other <laughs> yeah. and we wouldn't book it or anything like that not it like, would... i'm gonna go for a choke slam now you wouldn't know no we would maybe do a little bit of it but yeah. it wouldn't we wouldn't base the sessions around that but i remember playing <laughs> wrestling for the first time with other friends and they were trying to book it. They were trying to map yeah. out the spots. They were saying like, Because okay. you realize how hard it is if the other person's not cooperating. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Over, give me your leg. It's, it's like, like, oh, you could just, uh, you know, break out of all of these pins if you really wanted to. It's not hard to get your Unless shoulders off the floor. Yeah, totally. But it, playing that for the first time with these other friends who wanted to do all of that kind of like technical stuff and book out the storylines, mm. I thought, no, this isn't what I want. I want to yeah. indulge in the fantasy and I want to, when I play the wrestling video games, get a sled hammer and pretend I'm killing someone. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? that's another thing for like the way that they used to do the animations. And in the, in the video games, you can have like a, a, a sledgehammer to the face, literally connect with the guy's face mm-hmm. and bust him wide open. Like, but obviously they in real life, you can't do that, those things unless something goes wrong or whatever it is. I keep saying whatever it is, whatever <laughs> it is. Um, I feel like the way that they do those things in the game sells that fantasy entirely in a way that you just can't do in real life. Yeah. Um, but that's what made me favor the arcade feel to it. Cause it was just like, you can absolutely clobber a do. Like you said, here comes the pain. If you're close someone as Lesnar, they go the F down yeah. um, in a way that they depends on how they take the move in real life, whether or not they actually do mm-hmm. get completely flattened or not. Um, and that's the kind of thing that I feel like to bring it around to the, the newest AEW game, um, they're trying to get back to you, which is like a simple set of mechanics that indulges in almost the super heroic versions of each of these characters. Like they're not worrying about kayfabe stuff. Um, sorry, no they're mercy, entirely no mercy was beloved for that. And that's, yeah. that's definitely what they're chasing with. Because when I was younger, it was always like, I remember a lot of people talk about why they got to, why they wanted to be wrestlers. It's because they're almost like wrestlers are real life superheroes. They're doing yeah. all these crazy moves, really over the top stuff and showboating and lifting someone above their head, which is assisted because the person on top has an arm down yep. on the shoulder or whatever, but it looks perfect. Um, and I just think that's, for me, that's what wrestling games nail, unless they go whole hog with the simulation stuff and you get the, the GM mode style mm-hmm. stuff, which yeah. WWE still does, the games still do. Um, but for me, they've never done it enough. I think the arcade stuff succeeded a lot more than the simulation stuff ever did. I think the issue with wrestling games is that every fan of either video games or wrestling like wants something different. Like mm. I know you guys were just talking about how beloved those arcadey, more arcadey games were. Yeah. But to me, like 
that I hated that style of it because yeah. it felt but so... the older games. Yeah, because it just felt to me at the time, and even now to an extent, so outlandish that it wasn't believable mm. uh, from... It didn't yeah, when you even, could jump off Times Square all the way down in SmackDown. That's it. I just it, love that. It got to a point where it didn't even right. reflect <laughs> the... Uh, you jump off the SmackDown fist. Or yeah. yeah. Like, but it would always end in terror. You still have so animation like, where you like bounce, you bounce and then die. Yeah, like a little ping pong ball or something. It's like, this wasn't worth it. Why, no. why did I climb the stage again? Uh, <laughs> but you were about, you know, like, I don't know, pile driving someone into a crocodile's mouth or something. Yeah. I remember like not vibing with any of that in some of the very early wrestling games that I played weren't WWF branded where the or British Bulldog's finisher was where his head became that of a bulldog <laughs> right and yeah bit your head. stuff like that no I good that's because that either, the yeah. Simpsons wrestling everywhere. you know yes, yeah. Simpsons wrestling Bart Simpson getting a skateboard out I was like you can't do that that's not wrestling you know what <laughs> oh, I mean that's just great. backyard wrestling where people are literally wrestling in their backyard nah yeah. that's not wrestling to me too outlandish so for me I'm kind of asking <laughs> the impossible to not give me a full simulation not give me a full arcade game meet me somewhere in the middle where this looks like telly but it's almost the wrestling show that i imagine in my head i tell Something you what within it, the realms of possibility but it, that still gets that superhero vibe yes yeah, sorry i'm just i'm bursting because it is that is 2k22 like that's go. what they nail like it is that walking that line of putting a show on but like and doing like orchestrated choreographed moves and then but also you can have some melee hits some punch flurries whatever that still connects as they should and trying to walk that line like yeah I mean like I mean maybe it's because I've not played one in a while but I found that this year's WWE game just absolutely nailed it um, but yeah, Hamlet, when you come down on the arcade versus simulation stuff, um, I'm probably closer to Josh's line of thinking. Um, the arcade ones I liked when I was like, as in physical arcade machine mm. in an amusements, I would have still preferred them to be more like a wrestling game than anything that can go mm-hmm. out there. It's almost like a context thing for me. If I know I'm going in to a game that leans on the wacky stuff, yeah, I want it to be a wacky game. So I loved All Stars. Yes. Um, Big tornado choke Yeah, slams. the wrestlers were just absolutely massive, like <laughs> 12 packs, like muscles on, like the, the arms like, it was filled with balloons. It wasn't, even like, it wasn't even your standard jacked wrestlers. They were bit, like just, I like that because from the very off, I know what I'm playing and you can send somebody up into the sky with an uppercut or whatever. Mm. If it is folded into a normal wrestling game, I find it really off-putting. Right, um, right. I, do you know, it's, I was talking about this with somebody else recently. One of my favorite things on a wrestling game was not to, I think it was Wilborn actually, was not to create uh, a wrestler from scratch with the whatever your game. My, mm-hmm. my guy was called Mycock because Mycock is always taking a beating. Very good. Very um, good. But like, was to just pick a wrestler I liked that wasn't getting pushed in the way that I would have liked on television and drive them yeah, to the world yeah, title. Yeah. And that requires realism because what I'm really shooting for mm. is wrestler A wearing the world title in a way that they wouldn't on television. Mm -hmm. And if you then, so in order to basically, it's a universe thing, isn't it? If if you've set these rules of the universe, it's like, what? I can make this wrestler that gets nothing on Mondays and Fridays. Mm -hmm. I can make him the the champion on my game. If then something happens outside of the rules of the universe, it wrecks the payoff at the end. Yeah. Like, oh, he's won the belt. How has he done it? He cut the guy's legs off with a chainsaw. <laughs> yes. that, like, oh, like that's, that's gone then. Like, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Disbelief has been destroyed by mm. a moment like that. But if I'm going in from the very beginning just for the silly stuff, mm. I, can, I can enjoy watching wrestling like anything else be splatted onto a silly engine. You know? Yeah, I guess they've never done, as far as I know, they've never done a wrestling game that's been that jarring. Like they've nearly always committed to one or the other. It's just that general feel of play. Death that Jam Vendetta, did that... That was great. Arcade. I dare and then that, fight yeah. for New York. They're up to my yeah. favorite brawler wrestling games ever. I don't mean you differ on this, Scott, but I agree with what Hamlet was saying there, where I want to almost 
um, play within this universe. It's essentially buying action figures, but on like mm, a much yeah. larger scale. You know, I want to do something within what the rules that they have established, more or less. And I think that's why I don't like the arcadey versions. And it's kind of why I don't even mind if the gameplay is subpar in a lot of mm. ways. Like, for instance, going to another series, if we're talking about the FIFA games versus the PES games back in the day, yeah. like everyone will say the PES games have superior gameplay. They are pro better Evolution soccer games. For our American yeah, Pro Evolution Soccer. If you like um, football, if you like the act of controlling teams, you know, playing football, get PES. Mm. And I realized very quickly, I don't actually... I'm not interested in the playing of the football. I'm interested Ooh. in the teams because Pez didn't have the official licenses. Licenses, they had yeah. one or two, and otherwise it was like London Blue or London Red. You must have been buzzing when the pendulum swung and FIFA had the gameplay as well. Oh, I did. Oh, yeah. oh, it was well, very vindicated. <laughs> very <laughs> vindicated. Adam doesn't agree, does he? Nah, he thinks the pendulum never said it did. Like, <laughs> but like, I think about like 2009, 2010, it definitely went back to FIFA for a bit before yeah. it went back again the other way in the late 2010s. That's right. But Every year that was the debate: who's who's winning this year? And it was nearly always Pro Evo for so long. This is it. And that's what I would ask for you because Mm. I would discard the superior game player of Pez because it wasn't what I wanted. I wanted to play with specific teams with specific likenesses. You bought FIFA World Cup, didn't you? I certainly did. In specific cups because I... You never with a memory card? No. before your time or not? Before (laughs) my time. You buy eBay memory cards where somebody had got to the painstaking trouble of doing all the names and kits. I would love that. You play Pro Evo but with the... Stick the memory card in. You got yeah. it. You know when you were talking earlier about getting WCW backstage brawl or whatever it was called, Assault, yeah. and then uh, you know being annoyed that once one it was the different roster and two there was no ring. <laughs> the first time I bought a Pro Evolution <laughs> soccer game, same experience. Realizing right. there's Manchester United, Barcelona, and hang on, who are these other teams? Who the hell is Chris Rolando? <laughs> Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who is this guy? What's Why going is on? Orange is no. eleven for the oh, Orange is eleven. Yeah. yeah, genuine like we're, tummy we're side dropping. Red. <laughs> well, that's that's kind of the thing. It's like that power of like brand stuff, and then they if they can line that up with replicating whatever the <laughs> energy is. Only the players on the front that are in the game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can be Michael Owen or Lionel Messi or. Literally nobody else, but they're on the cover. So, yeah. What was that franchise? I mean, we should wrap the pod, but what was the name of that football franchise? That there was a different version for each uh, club, and there was a Liverpool one, a Manchester one, a Newcastle oh, one. Yes. Is that club football? I think it was club football. Think it wasn't, yeah. Didn't play well. No, no. no. but just that, that was someone doing a doing a business. Just saying, yeah. what, what if we sort of did every individual person? That was, well, those games, especially the Manchester United ones, because mm. I was a Man U spot when I was younger, so I would pick that game up in the shop and look at it for about 10 minutes at a time and always decide... No, because I yeah. knew in my heart that game wouldn't be good. <laughs> it was, it was a good 10, 15 quid cheap, wasn't it? Because I, right. I never bought the Sunderland one, but I remember this because every Premier League team had on the time. If anyone listening to this bought uh, specific versions of that game, please get in touch and let us know. Um, for now, though, this has been the World Culture Gaming Podcast. I've been your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Josh Brown. Always a pleasure, Scott Tilford. And Michael Games Hamlet. Thanks so much. Please let me come back. Any time. I just want to say thank yes. you, Hamlet, for being on these past two weeks because you've I think you've elevated this podcast yep. to a level that is not just me and Scott shouting at each other. So <laughs> I genuinely I, I, am grateful for you. If you'd like on. that, please listen to the Monday podcast. I think <laughs> you really are the different to the person off screen because you've been nothing but horrendous to me but before we record it. It's like <laughs> For you to flip so effortlessly on the podcast. As soon as we stop recording, the oh. grief I'm going to get. You're, ne- you're never going to work this town again, old man. <laughs> I'm pulling a sledgehammer out from under this table and I'm going to town on you, my boy. <laughs>
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 